Hi, I'm Jim. And I'm David. And this is the Practical Guitarist Podcast. The podcast for people who eat, sleep, and breathe guitar. Hi, David here from the Practical Guitarist. This episode is our interview with guitarist and engineer Thomas Blug. Because of the way we actually started rolling on this episode, we skipped our normal housekeeping, so I wanted to take this opportunity to clue everyone in. Are you a regular listener? Why not? Subscribe to The Practical Guitarist using your chosen podcast app. Take the time to put in a review with a service where you found our podcast, like iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. Get involved. Find our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash practical guitarist. You can also find us on Twitter as at Pract Guitarist. If you'd like to reach out to us directly, you can do so at questions at practicalguitarist.com. Thomas Blug's website is available at thomasblug.de and his company Blue Guitar is available at blueguitar.com. Due to the nature of this episode, it's also available on YouTube for your viewing pleasure. The link will be in the episode description. Thank you very much. On with the show. Wait a minute, this is a nice trophy. Oh, and it's dusty like hell, sorry. <laughs> That's what happens when we stick things in a, sh- in a um, cabinet. Yeah, okay, so, uh, wait a minute, where's, where's the camera? The camera is here, here we go. So yeah. See this? Strat oh, yeah. Player of the Year 2004 from Fender Europe. That's awesome. How many people have that? Uh, actually, only me. Yeah. <laughs> it's... The, the, the competition was never done again, so I'm still the Strat King of Europe. Uh, you have a song called the, that too, don't you? The Strat King? Yeah. Uh, I, who cares? I mean... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Eric clapped and can eat your dust. Yeah. Uh, okay, what, what else is going on here? Look at this. This is my... my oh, this, yeah. Th- so this is my 61, and oh. this is... My 61 copy made out of old original Fender parts, and this is a mint condition 64 strap. Blah, blah, blah. Les Paul, um, uh, 335. Notice how he says, yeah, Les Paul. Well, no, he just confirmed (laughs) what we've been saying all along, Jim, is that you really only need like three guitars. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, there's more upstairs. This is a nice uh, Paul as well. Yeah, 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 it's beautiful. yeah. Yeah. And this is uh, also a nice uh, it's a Les Paul Junior. Yeah, 56. nice. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's a beautiful so piece. This, this is the guitars downstairs here, and then uh, there's more upstairs. But upstairs means it's not really that appreciated. No. <laughs> <laughs> as uh, Anderton says, they're, they're not as dear. Now, yeah. Jim, Jim, he also showed me where all his uh, his amps and stuff are at in the room, and they're back in the corner. He's got, like, a stack of Marshall heads. <laughs> so, uh, I got more upstairs, but, you know, these the ones here in this room, they are really special. Oh. Are, so this is this is a 65 um, GTM 45. Okay. Uh, the real deal. I heard you talking hey. to Anderton about that one. Yeah, this is... Um, KT sixty six General Electric clear bottle, you know the whole nine yards. Right. And this is a nice one. Uh, oh, wait a minute. How how to start? 
that's one with 5881 tubes. It's okay. actually one of my another one of my favorites. This one is one with EO34, so I can kind of have the 50 watt plexi yeah. history with all kind of different tubes. And there's some modified 100 watts, and here is another <laughs> 500 watt, and blah blah blah, you know, and the box. Wow. And my fender, and, and there's there's more. There's a, a nice fender tweet upstairs. I, I just have the combos upstairs because uh, otherwise my my room looks too messy. So I just bring right. them as I need them. I love that poster on the wall too. By the way, that album's great. <laughs> the yeah. uh, blue plays Hendrix. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's good stuff. I was listening to it yesterday. In fact, um, ah, cool. so. Uh, we ha- we have our questions. We usually run through. Um, actually, we, since we've already kind of basically started recording, I want to. Um, I think I'm just going to skip the housekeeping. We'll do it. We'll do it as a, a bumper. Yeah, we'll post it, and then okay. uh, we'll go from there. So, um, let's get started. Uh, what are your? Uh, do you have any like new projects that are coming out music wise, or are you like deeply ingrained in uh, blue guitar at this point? Um, no, I'm I'm fifty fifty. I still love to do the music, and um, if you look on this. Uh, wall here that's my my gig calendar so you see all you know the the different venues in germany where i play munich saarbrücken is my hometown and uh, frankfurt and oh this is the america trip yeah uh, so this week there's another uh, riegelsberg and um, this is stuttgart and Free is um, with Tony Carey, the the guy who used to be in Richie Blackmore's Rainbow on keyboard. Okay, yeah, yeah. And um, so this one is in Austria, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, here's here's some in the Black Forest. Um, this is an event. Oh, this is a nice event coming up. Um, the Guitar Summit. Yeah, and I play with uh, Phil X, uh, Tom Quayle, um, Uli John Roth. Yeah, but. The the, you know them all. It's, yeah, just uh, those guys, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody big. Yeah, and there's more to come. And here's like a, a little weekend with my Hendrix project. Mm-hmm. Um, as Hendrix, and uh, yeah, keeps me busy. And especially December is is, is more. I, I see you got Nam on there for LA. Sure. Yeah. Next <laughs> year. I'm, I'm, I have to think ahead. If you book gigs, you have to be yeah like. Yeah, head. Oh yeah, no, and that's that's how Jim operates too. Jim's more of a yeah. gigging guitar player than I am lately. So yeah, we're booked into right now. We're into January and looking at booking into next summer already. That, yeah. You got to do that because yeah. otherwise you don't know when you can take time off. You know, it's like when can I take a vacation with the family? You know, oh well, if I took vacation with the family, and now all of a sudden I get this offer. You know, to play. You know, this big event. You want to make sure that you've got yourself open. Right, and and uh, you know I have to make the same arrangements here with my family, and um, it, it, I, I like I I got enough experience from my past, so I know what works, and there's like a time after them um, that I'm always going on on vacation here back in Germany. They have some kind of carnival season going on, and I'm not into that. You know, right. so some. Some other uh, uh, players are really busy that time, but I, I, I'm just not there. I just escape. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the weather at that time is also not so nice. It's kind of winter, a bit snow, and uh, eh, basically the days are too short, uh, the temperatures are too low, and 
you know, people go crazy on, on Carnival. It's basically a good thing to, to lift the mood, but uh, I'm not kind of this umba umba. Uh, right, right, right. The, the old polka th- um, style. Yeah. <clears throat> now, when when uh, when you're playing a gig like that, um, and I, I'm going to kind of segue towards your stuff. What kind of rig do you take to um, play? You know, most of your gigs. I I have my own pedal board, which is actually in my car right now. Yeah, I've uh, seen pictures of it. Yeah, and this this is this is the pedal board I've been using for the last I don't know maybe ten years or even longer, even before blue guitar was existing, and um, it's. It is a collection of the pedals that I like to to, to, to use live. You know, I'm 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 having ah here in my shelf I have another one, a spare one. Where is it? Yeah, my good old Reflex by using Ketner. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah I remember yeah. those. Yeah, I, I designed this when I was with using Ketner, and this is like an Echoplex and a tube-driven device. So this is on my pedal board, and besides that, I have. Um, some uh, what what is it? Uh, small stone phaser and yeah. a couple of the real the tube stuff. overdrive. I got the I got your book right here. Uh, ah, got it. <laughs> so he's yeah. got a Wampler Plexi drive, Jim. Hey, and hey. Uh, I, so so um, you were with Hughes and Kettner. Mm-hmm. Was that around the time they were developing for the um, or doing the thing for uh, uh, Alex Lifeson? Sure, I met yeah. Alex a cu- couple of times. And here's my story. I was with Jusen Kettner for 27 years as a freelance guy. I was wow. young when Jusen Kettner didn't... At that time, actually, nobody was speaking English besides one guy. And they needed to have a demonstrator that could speak a little English and play the guitar. And actually, nobody could check it. So... I, I could. I was invited to go there, and they, they knew me as a guitar player from the area because Jusen Kettner is also here in my area. It's like right, half right. an hour drive, and um, you know, I was going there, and they knew, okay, this guy can play, but what about English? And that's just that was <laughs> how you got the gig, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then you know, this was actually my first job going, I think, to a NAMM show or to uh, to America. I was never abroad back then when I was. I think I was 20, and and then uh, when when I did the demo of their first amp, I liked the concept, but I didn't like the sound so much. And so when I came back home to Germany, I thought, you know, guys, maybe we should work on the sound design a bit more. <laughs> and then my, the next episode in my life was 27 years being freelance. A designer with Susan Kettner and um, Triumph, the, the amp that Alex Lifeson played, is here. I, I have mine sitting in my corner, and this is my concept as well. See this? Yeah. Oh yeah. There yeah. it is. So, so, and I, I played Triumphs uh, since 1995. I, I played them the, the day they existed because it, it was my idea. <laughs> I, That's I, really I cool. Is to get an all tube amp. So, yeah. So and, and the- I I play a Hughes and Kettner every gig. That's yeah. why. <laughs> cool. And here, here's yeah, he's funny. talking about switching so, to the blue guitar. So you should looking- you should romance him right now. <laughs> the amp one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, it's all good. You know, this is all a big family. The whole industry. You know, <laughs> oh yeah, no, I, it is. You know, I you know the, the, the guys are nice and the products are great too, and uh, they have all my. 
Yeah, they have all my, uh, what you call it, uh, genes anyway, you know. <laughs> so um, I think uh, the, the reason why I did my own thing is more that the next step to do uh, something that is not 13 tubes and is not weighing uh, whatever, 20 kilograms, uh, was a big a big step and maybe too fast. And that this what uh, I, I decided to take the full risk for myself because I didn't know how long it would take to get to the final point. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, in, in a bigger company, you always have a boss that, that has to watch the budget and stuff. Right. And, uh, you know, and, and I'm a guy, I, I, live, I do the whole thing for passion. I mean, if it, it's finished when it's finished, you know, it's when, when it's right. good. And uh, if I go bankrupt, I go bankrupt. And right. I, you know. <laughs> well, let me, let, me say, let me say this. Okay, so... I saw I, I walked up to you at Gearfest and I saw you playing the uh, the amp one, and right. I I kind of knew what it was when I walked up, and I the the sound that was coming out of it that six hundred ninety nine dollars it was at Gearfest, <laughs> and I'm like I'm like you're kidding me, like it, it just it's jaw dropping that you've got that kind of performance out of a device that's seven hundred dollars. And, it, and yeah. it's the size of a pet. It's smaller than that Hughes and Kettner pedal. It, yeah. It's smaller <laughs> than my Helix. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, here's here's the Helix. I got everything here. We are, while we're talking, here's the. Uh, you know. Yeah, I figured. <laughs> I figured we were sitting around somewhere. It is smaller. You know? Yeah, a lot smaller. Um, yeah, I would and venture a guess, even with the the controller that goes with it. I would guess that it's still smaller. Yeah, and it's lighter too. That's that's the other thing. You know, I I have this thing. Yeah, um, I know. He was he was picking it up and he was showing everybody. Look how light it is. <laughs> it's like a cup of coffee. Yeah. Yeah. So so um when you when you envisioned the the amp one because right. a, a lot of people um we're not very bright. We call it the blue guitar. So, um, but it's amp one. Right. And, and so, um, I've seen Jennifer Batten use it. That was the person that kind of went for me. It was like, how is she doing that? You know, how is she getting that? And then she, she had a pedal board. I'm like, where's her amp? And that was her amp. And that's what, that was what was amazing to me was that she could fit everything into a sleeve because uh, you fly a lot. Right. And I, I fly a lot. And, um, when I was flying all the time, I would fly two, three times a week. Um, everything I wanted, everything in a bag that I could stick in the overhead, and that yeah. that looks like you could stick it on a pedal board that you could just stick in the overhead, and you're yeah. and you're there. See, this it's, this is just a pedal board. I'm just about to do the next one here, and maybe you can see this this pedal board here. Uh huh. Uh -huh. So, and this is my amp one, and it goes on here. <laughs> this, this magnetic fixing. Yeah. So, so I can oh. on on my pedal board, and it it's it's here. This fits in the overhead. Done. And in the next gig, when I have to be even smaller, I just get it off the pedal board and stick it uh, in the little bag here. That uh -huh. yep. And put it in uh, inside my my gig bag. And this is actually how I travel to the U.S. See, this is my gig bag. Yep. And this is like one of those nice double ones. So right. in this, I can fit. Three amps, three amp ones, my Strat, 
all my cabling <laughs> and all you know, my underwear. That is that is incredible. <laughs> That's what I used to do too. I would stick I would roll my underwear and my socks and stick them yeah. in between and that's what I used for padding. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's still here. So I hope the socks are all out. <laughs> yeah, but this this is the reality. This is how it really works, you know? Yeah. And 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 then um, you travel light. You don't have an extra case, which uh, is cheaper for flying, and it, it saves time. You know, all this checking in for bags and waiting, and oh. maybe it go up. So you know, I can do all I need to do with just my guitar, and that, and I'm set. You know, that's so. Yeah. The, the portability is incredible, right? Um, that's that. That was the first thing that attracted me to because you can put your your. Uh, your pedal board in one hand, your yeah. cab in the other, and put the guitar yeah. on your back, and you don't have yeah. to make two trips, go right up the stairs, go into wherever it is, and play. Now, yeah. that's cool, but the thing that got me was the way this thing sounds. I mean, oh my god, you showed me Fender tones, Vox tones, Marshall tones, yeah. modern sounds. I mean, so, we've seen your, your collection of amps, so obviously you have good taste. Like, that's not even a question at this point. And uh -huh. it really shows that this thing can pull off those sounds. And this whole like nanotube thing, I know people see yeah. that and they say, "Oh, immediately that's a gimmick." It's not a gimmick, folks. No, I mean, it, this here is my my uh, uh, testing thing for the nanotube old school uh, when when I started the project. This is that's a, very you know, very some, cool to see that. Yeah. Wow. So now, okay, so I got a question. How yeah. long? Because <clears throat> the nanotube technology is not that old. Um, uh, so, well, actually, what he's doing is okay. So that's what I was going to say. Bring us to how you took. Oh, I'm going to take this little tube and I'm going to move that. Yeah. Um, okay. So, so my first, my first point was, um, you know, I I'm all about those tube amps. You know, see, this these amps I bought for myself for my personal pleasure and more upstairs. You know, right, right. And the amps uh, and the combos are all um, upstairs. Um, so so you know the tone and what these mainly vintage tube amps excite me tone wise is. Um, it, and this um, to describe it against anything modeling and digital um, is it feels to me like the electric guitar breezes in a way there is a certain sponginess that comes with rectifier tubes there is a sag uh, kind of thing going on and um, it is not only just frequencies and the amount of overdrive and you get some overdrive with some certain frequencies and maybe you like it. No, the real deal with old, old school amps is so, I would say, um, three-dimensional in tone. It is like if I hit the string low, what does it sound like? If I hit it a little bit harder, what happens in the overtones? How many stages produce how many overtones and how does this kind of multiply? And how this is enriches the tone, and then if you hit it even harder, blah blah blah, or if you crank the gain more, or what happens if you have a booster in front, and all of that stuff. And <coughs> this is the beauty of the old amps because 
I still love the old amps most of the time better than a lot of new amps because they have a richer tone. Simply, sure. uh, it's more exciting to me. And I, I'm just all about that, you know? So I call it uh, Blue Guitar. My slogan is Tone Innovation. But tone comes first. If there's no tone, I fuck about the <laughs> something, you know, some innovation that nobody that doesn't sound right. You know, I mean, I would be personally uh, uh, standing on stage with a bad tone. If, uh, I feel shit myself. I cannot play right. anymore. Right. You know? Oh and no. I, right. Right. And that's the thing. Like so much of what all these players that we talk to, what yeah. what their thing is is like they want. You know, they need that sound because it inspires them. And if they're not inspired, they're not going to play right. I literally, I literally get thrown off. I, I, I wish I could say it didn't, but if I have shit tone, it literally throws me off. And I'm like, now I can't find my tone. And I'm so busy up here thinking how am I gonna, I'm not doing the entertaining part, which is what the why I'm there for in the first place. Totally agree. I mean, <laughs> um, I know the problem so well because. If, if I do a lot of improvised music, or let's say I play tunes and I do a lot of long improvisations, because that's right. another passionate thing for me. You know, I call my latest project is called Rock Anarchy, which goes back to like the seventies um, idea how 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 they made music. You know, the early Deep Purple's when they played like one song was fifteen minutes. Yeah, that's you know? one of my favorite t- bands too. By the way, I'm glad you brought them up. <laughs> yeah. uh, Richie, I'm a big big Richie Blackmore. Oh, yeah. Maybe this this little pick here. This is Richie Blackmore style pick. So, yeah, I know. <laughs> you know the yeah, the, the cut off sides and yeah, and I have even some real ones here. Okay. You know, if you are uh, free floating and improvisation, if there is no spiritual energy from the tone, you know. It's hard to surf through the music, <clears throat> and if 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 there's something, if there is this energy of the tone, you know, you play so much better. And in the end, that's where the real music starts. You know, anything else is just a craftsmanship where you control with your brain, your hands to you know play that chord shape. Right. But, but you know, I, I like my my moments best when I get lost in it when I simply don't know what I'm doing anymore. Yeah, and it's almost like it, I've had that moment where somebody else is playing. I'm I'm just, my fingers are going, but I, I don't know where it came from. Yeah, yeah, so, and same, same here. And this is like uh, also why I have a few pedals on my pedal board. It's not like my amp couldn't do it, but it's it's like some of the pedals it give me other tones that inspire me, you know? Right. I have this Chandler uh, tube, what is it called, driver? Uh, yeah, the Chandler tube driver. Yeah, um, and, and I call this the, the Eric Johnson Memorial. Uh, <laughs> do, you, do you use his settings where he turns everything down? Um, actually, I don't know. I, I have kind of put everything more in the middle, but not too much. I'm, I'm not, um, I'm, um, let's he, put it that way. I'm not, I was not after a 100% authentic Eric Johnson tone. Yeah, but I I discovered his little secret is to has a to have a cascaded uh, gain thing going on, like a, an overdrive pedal in a semi overdriven amplifier. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, and and he's not the only guy that does it either. 
because like Robin Trower does it too. And you'll find a lot of these guys that play strats want to run a, an overdrive into a driven amp. Right. So. Yeah. But anyway, so <coughs> with this kind of setting, you know, I have a total different clipping point, and this makes my playing so much different because my personal style is I play very hard picks and I dig in the strings. That's me too. But, yeah, and, and, and I, I love that. But on the other hand, uh, once you have this extra gain stage, it, everything becomes more legato, you know? And, and of course, it's not. Yeah, I see. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't have my two mil. Or I, my, dig, yeah. I dig deep. I, I may have you beat. They, they, yeah. They, yeah. And, yeah they're... When you listen, listen this, this is the sound of, you know, yeah. as, as hard as it should be in my world. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, cool. So, um, what really impressed me though is when I when I met you at Gearfest and you were running through that that nano cab. Mm-hmm. So, again, with the portability thing, you've designed a set of cabs. Specifically, the nano cab is the one that that blew my socks off. It's literally what like like thirteen inches wide total. It, it is. I- it is- twelve inch speaker plus uh, one inch on all sides, but. Yeah. I mean, it's- as, as, as little as possible, you it, know. It's poured. I'm looking at that right now. You can literally put that thing in a suitcase. It's yeah. that small. Yeah, I mean, it actually, uh, I've been traveling with that in a suitcase too, you know. I uh, Maybe I have one upstairs. Let me see. I, uh, I believe it. And and you know what? That, so for, while, while uh, Tom's going upstairs to look for that, um, I got to say, that thing, it, I, it sounds like a big 212. It does. I, I was floored. Yeah. He's like, "Oh no, I'm using this one." I'm like, "What?" He has a stack of all the cabs there, and he's using the the you know the the nano cab. And I'm just like, I couldn't believe it. Can you That's see incredible. that? I you need to think tell, about buying one. You need to tell Sweetwater to put the um the dimensions on their site because until you just showed me, I had no idea how big or small it was. Yeah, it's way smaller than my compact Mesa cab. Let's put it that way. So, see, see my elbow here. And see the cap here now. Oh, it's wow. Like, this is my elbow, my hand, you know. It's, it's just like forearm. the middle part. Uh, and and I, I think the porting does a lot for it. Um, I think yeah. the porting gives it a little bit more bass oomph. And I think also, you I, you mentioned in the video with Anderton's that you, you played around with the, the cabinet depth. Which, is, that's also I, big. Yeah, yeah I, I noticed... Basically, you know, it's stupid simple, but on the other hand, every 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 parameter parameter matters. So mm-hmm. the depth is important. Um, I also have a special dampening rule inside. Okay. And each of my cabinets have their own design speaker. Yeah, and that's what because, I was going to ask about next. <laughs> you know, I mean, if you take a vintage thirty, for example, here here's my little. Um, can you see this? Yeah. This is my, my test thing. So I can, you know, one second and I can get a, a new speaker in here. So look, look at this. I just take this off like this. And then... I think um, I need one of those. You know. Yeah, there you go. You know, well, so it's, it's, yeah, just 30. a second to, to have a different speaker. Uh, but, you know, you have one of those speakers. Industry standard, nice. You put them in my nano cap. It also sounds good, but then I listen to the whole thing, and then I think, "Wait a minute! I got my tone in my head. 
what do I want to have uh, to be different? You know, the, the Vintage 30 is a great speaker for, uh, uh, for a few other applications, but if I have a very specific application, which, right. which is like a nanocap, I can, I can, you know, have this like only a starting point and then go from there, you know, and get maybe rid of some honky uh, mid-range and change this right. and blah, blah, blah. The, and the, then in- the cab itself, for, for our <laughs> listeners, sounds kind of like a 25-watt, uh, you know, greenback. It does. I'm yeah, really impressed. Uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of greenbacks, and so um, the ideal greenback enclosure is actually 4x12 to my ears. Right. Uh, I'm, you know, all my old Marshall cabinets, um, are, you know, what is a greenback? It's uh, it's basically the the, 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 the like second generation of 4x12 cabinets. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, Four 30-watt greenbacks and a... Yeah, they're yeah, not 25, they're 30, you're right. Or 25, yeah. All the whole history upstairs. I have a collection of a lot of old speakers. I, I, unfortunately, I noticed that the, the Wi-Fi is not good over there, so I'm, I'm oh, afraid. Okay. Got it. Ah. But well, you don't a, need I, to. <laughs> we trust you. <laughs> I, so I'm looking at the Blue Guitar uh, Impulse Response Speaker Emulator. So, right. and you literally have both. Both of you have the Nano Cab and the Fat Cab listed as two of the speakers that you emulate among the um, ones that you were talking about. Which one would you say was the um, was the uh, one that you just mentioned? Um, you mean the Marshall cabinet upstairs? Yeah. Um, my my in my studio most of the time I use the Stack 1970. Is it called? Wait, wait a minute. Okay. Yep. Stack 1970. Yeah, 70. And that's actually um, a very, very special cabinet because it uses a 25-watt greenback, but here comes 55 hertz. It was a bass uh, uh, speaker. Okay. And, and the old bass speakers I liked a lot and um, because the regular guitar version has 75 hertz uh, resonance. Right. Uh, um, and actually, I think this speaker is uh, it's very special. Um, maybe also to another fact, the dust cap has been repaired for some reason, and this is this is like my best speaker, my personal taste, yeah. and this has kind of the most fat nits and creaminess ever. So anyway, I like it. In the in the blue box, you have other choices. Some other people like it too. But like Jennifer Batten, her favorite is the first one, the Stack 65, and that's that's like the first generation of uh, a Marshall cabinet using Alnico speakers. They had they had um, they were loaded with five, uh, sorry, with four speakers, 15 watt each. So right. the whole four by twelve cabinet had only 60 watts. 60 watts. Yeah. 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 Because um, well, back then. There was still that fight of the amp wars um, where it was like, give me more, give me more, give me more. And that was that Pete Townsend time frame when Townsend was screaming for, I want I want 75 watts. I want 100 watts because because um, uh, what you call it was also playing through Marshall's um, the, the bass player for uh, the who. Oh, come on, Jim. Uh, uh, the, John Entwistle. Yeah. Uh, and I'm good for so, something. Yeah, and so they were kind of having a war because in, in um, Entwistle didn't play the standard way that a lot of bass players played, and so yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> that typewriter style. Yes. 
So I'm looking yeah. at the, uh, I have the, the thing for the blue box here for, for our listeners. It's 16 speaker yeah. emulations, all, uh, all impulse response based with variable um, axis. So you can change from uh, the edge of the, the speaker to the center um, right. and every conceivable in and out you can get on it. And it has a ground lift switch, which in my mind makes that the most functional version yeah. of that that to... I've seen lately. Um, let's put it that way. I oh, tried my. To, to reduce the whole thing uh, uh, as much as possible. So, you know, I'm I'm always thinking of what's the, the the situation I'm using that thing. And of course, one is here in my studio, but um, the, 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 my, you know, main use is being a live guitar player on stage. Yes. And when you are on stage, the first thing is you want something small. The next thing is you want something simple uh, because uh, if there's too many parameters, you are never sure if you have the right tone. So this is also on my pedal board. Palm um, of your hand, people. If you're, if you're not watching us on YouTube, this is, literally fits in the palm of your hand. Yeah, so here. So, <laughs> yeah, so that would be about the size of like a um, uh, the Plexi Drive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it, Jim, it's small. I've seen it in person. It, 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 is, it is the size. Um, it, this is a standard housing uh, of the, uh, he, the, the company is called Hammond, and it's the, it's the standard yeah. uh, size. There's two sizes, maybe. That's like the 128B you. or something? Yeah, this is, this is the small one. Right. Like you see this old MXR Dynacom. And so just to compare it, that's the blue box. And it's it's the same. See? Yeah. Okay. Wait a minute. Where's, where's here? So this is how big it is. Oh, yeah. jeepers. It's <laughs> even smaller than I thought it was. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. it's small, Jim. Um, and very, very usable because I, I got to hear that too. Um, and it, I'm thinking. Here, the, the, which is important, it has the balanced out, line out. So yes. If in, in a live situation, when your PA system is is uh, using another power outlet, uh, it, it, you can uh, get ground loops when you go direct. And this, right. you know, with with a uh, with a real transformer, uh, there's no, it's even not possible to get a ground loop. So it definitely will work with any problems. Now I know I'm not going to ask you for for your uh, uh, secret sauce, but that transformer's got to be like this big. I mean. Yeah, it's um, <laughs> it's again, very very small. Upstairs, I do have some samples, but uh, yeah, it, it's that small. It's that, small. but hey, it it is the size of a microphone uh, transformer. Wow. Yeah, so that's so, what it is. So the uh, the speaker that that goes into the the Nano Cab Fat Cab and Twin Cab, are you going to make those available as uh, like a, a resale speaker, or is that like unique to your cabs? Um, let's put it that way. We do have some in stock for uh, replacement, as um, in, just in case some somebody would blow a speaker. Um, I'm not offering it like a product on the website. So, I mean, if you are really, 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 really nice and write us an email, <laughs> we could, we right. could as a spare part, you know. But that's it, very, it very is, cool. It is not like our business plan uh, to sell uh, our speakers. At right, that point. right. You know, I, right. I have the same thing because I play GNL guitars, and to get their to get their specific pickups, and they yeah. do have some proprietary pickups. 
you have right. to pay a premium and their replacement parts. So. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it it will not be uh, super expensive, but it's uh, for for me. The idea is I made this speaker sound best in my cabinet. So you know, if I sell this speaker to somebody and then he puts it in another enclosure, and I don't know if it sounds good, you know. Right. So I I just want to avoid any frustration <laughs> or disappointments. So so if the guy knows exactly what he wants and if he's begging for one, we find a solution. But it's you know. Otherwise, there's some there's some great speakers available. Even though I think mine are better, but especially for my cabinets. So, <laughs> I think that I think that right. That's what exactly what we we talk a lot about cabinets on our show. Right. And the thing that people forget is that that everything about that cabinet, whether it's the wood, the port, the physical dimensions, the air that it pushes, the cl- everything about it makes a difference to the audience. Even well, you can find even about, the Tolex. You can argue. Right, you can argue tone woods all day long about a guitar, but you can't argue the the um, the physical dimensions and physical makeup of a cabinet affecting um, the uh, sound. It's definite. It's there. Right. And here, even I'm I'm looking if I find my my ah here I got it. Here I have um, you can can you see this little thing here? Yeah. So this is one wire out of my front grill glove. Okay. It's very and thick. It, yes, it's very thick. And the thing is, wait a minute. Now I do something totally forbidden. <laughs> Lighter. Okay. Uh, this one doesn't work anymore. <laughs> I, quit, I quit smoking a while ago, so... Uh, <laughs> there may not be a working one there. <laughs> okay, now I show you what happens if I use this. It is paper. Oh my! Yeah, same material that that was used on the old Marshall cabinets, and I have been asking myself for ages why the old ones sound so smooth. And the difference is the grill cloth. One one of the differences is the grill yeah. cloth. And and it you can smell it. It's like yeah, you know these little details. It all sums up in the end. I mean, it's it's the grill cloth material. It's the wood. It's the thickness. It's the blah blah deportation. It's if you have dampening stuff inside, it's that. And and like my speakers, they they have lightweight membranes, so I have selected membranes, and I have no edge treatment, right. and uh, all that stuff that makes uh, the tone more alive. But this is you know stuff that I learned and and um, used um, to 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 make my cabinet sound good at the volume that we are living or that that we have to use today you know right. because back in the 70s when they designed these speakers the world was different you know it's like john and crystal was competing with Tyson <laughs> and right who's the loudest guitar player on earth and and today is you are loud you have a problem you know right 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 yeah up through eddie van halen it was all about how many marshals can I stick on stage and how many of them can I push through? And I think the only band that's left that's really, really doing that is ACDC. Yeah, but hey, fair enough. I mean, they are the originals and, and uh, you know, I, yeah. wouldn't, I wouldn't like to see them without their big stacks, but hey, right. who are we? We are not ACDC, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> and, uh, and if you play, a, a, you know, a nice pub gig, 
and there is no room for your Marshall wall. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Although I've seen some guys locally doing that, really small bars. So um, it's it's funny when they have the U-Haul pull up and they got ten guys unloading their gear. <laughs> good. Hey, if you if you like to do that, fair enough. All good. <laughs> I I carry all that stuff, but you know, being the guy that carries the stuff around myself, yeah, I tell you, you know, hey, it's. I enjoy my little thing. Can you see my car over there? Wait a minute. The blue one? Yeah. Yeah, this, this is my little Audi uh, convertible. So so this is this is how anything that fits in there is good. Right. Anything that doesn't fit in there stays at home, okay? <laughs> the last time I moved my real 4x12 was when uh, Stuart Copeland, you know, the drummer of the right, police, right, right, right. for a session, uh, in the studio, and I had to take the, the, the roof up, load in the 4x12, <laughs> take the roof back down. Hope it, will, hope it didn't rain. <laughs> yeah, I was lucky. It was not raining, but uh, this was the last time I've, I've done that, and uh, yeah, I, I just did it for him. <laughs> yeah, I, I could definitely see you doing that for somebody like him. Um, so, just to back up a little bit, I got to, so you had this, this beautiful Monterey painted Strat at uh, Gearfest. Yeah, uh, you let me play that guitar for a minute. Um, wow. So, I didn't know you had a signature guitar through Vintage Guitars. Um, but I, I wanted to let you know, I'm, I'm a strap player myself, and I and I really enjoyed playing that guitar. Um, I'm actually... We, Jim and I are in the middle of a, a year where we don't buy any significant gear. That guitar right there. That's the <laughs> one. See, uh, I know you're going to give in, Dave. I'm going to have to any- get one of those at the end of this. <laughs> like, it's going to happen. So... And they're, um, and they're not they're affordable. That's yeah. the thing that, that I get is they're they're not like eight you know four thousand dollars or six thousand no, dollars. It's like seven hundred bucks US. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and this yes, it's quite simple. You know, the, uh, the guy behind the vintage brand is Trevor Wilkinson. You know, the right. guy that does for hardware pickups. Yep. And, you know, That's uh, where I knew it. I knew it was uh, from. It, it, so, he's German, right? No, no, he's Germany, he's UK. Oh, UK. Yeah, yeah. UK, I thought he was yeah. British. Yeah, he's uh, he living in Southport, UK. It's uh, oh. it's not. It, it's it's a nice. It's very British. I, I it's different than in Germany. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fill up the, the beer to the top. Yeah. You know, they swipe it off, and it all is easy. <laughs> and, and and the carpet, you know, it's like <laughs> when you walk in the pub. Friendly people, the beer tastes, tastes great, and they have the weirdest English accent ever. You know, it's like, <laughs> oh, oh, I got some humbucker pickups here. You know, this, I'm, I, I, I have to understand that this kind of English sound. <laughs> so, the last time I was in Germany, I was in Germany in uh, 1986. The last time I was in uh, wow. Bremerhaven or Williamshaven, one of the two. And this is so, up in the north. This is up in uh, the north. Right. Yeah, because yeah, we were exactly way up there, exactly. And yeah. so, if you back up your camera just a little bit, keep your finger there. So we were we were shouldering the Russians back then. <laughs> so we were we were playing and messing with them. So um, the uh, in the height of the Cold War. Right. So when I pulled up into the, when we pulled up into there, yeah. uh, that was the first time I was like, oh, it's not, it's going to be nice and cold. We're going to have a cold beer. I get. <laughs> 
I did not have a cold beer. I have other stories I can tell you, but I don't know if they're podcast worthy. <laughs> uh, I've heard Let's some from Jim. I don't know if they're podcast worthy either. Let's just say our our taxi cab driver didn't know English. And so when we tried to explain to him, you know, rock and roll, he kind of took us to a place we weren't really, that wasn't really what we were. Our scorpions were there, and it's like we were trying to find <laughs> So, very my my uh, my cousin was born because my uncle was stationed in um, uh, in the Frankfurt area. Right. So uh, uh, my cousins were born in Germany. So we went over there quite a bit. So you see, this is Frankfurt. Yep. So we talked about Bremerhaven over here. Yep. Okay. And I'm living here, Saarbrücken. So okay. Oh, and and the green part here is France. Okay. Yeah. And. The, this is where I am, and I'm actually, if I go up this hill, and when I go down the hill, I'm in France. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, so I used to spend, um, uh, there was one year where I spent more time in Toulon um, than I did in America, in the United States. Wow. <laughs> so yeah, I, I love France. Matter of fact, my son and I have talked about several times, he's like, Dad, don't you want to live abroad? And I said... Well, you know, there was a lot of places I like. He goes, where would you go? I said, oh, France. I would live in the south of France. Definitely. Okay. <laughs> so um, you were talking with, with uh, the guys at Anderton's in the, on their video. You were talking about uh, on your Blue Place Hendrix live uh, album, the guy, the bass player, and how loud that, that bass is. It definitely comes across in the recording. I was listening to it. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, how did you... <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know... Reggie is, is, first of all, he's one of the best bass players that I know, and uh, he, he used to be the original bass player in Ike and Tina's turn, uh, Ike and Tina Turner's band. Right. So not, not with City Limits, that's him. Okay, okay. And he, I mean, he toured the world, and then he, he kind of ended up in Germany and stayed over there. Actually, in the north of Germany, you know, okay. more close to Bremerhaven, where you've been. Yeah. Um, so when I play in the south, he has always a lot of traveling costs. So I have to get him a base. <laughs> if I go up north, it's easy and, and, and cheap. But you know. So anyway, um, and I. But yeah, he. I mean, he's used to very big stages, and then you know he likes that punch. And uh, yeah, it, you it, it hits you in the head I, while you're listening to it. <laughs> I mean, it's it's craziness. <laughs> I've never heard anything like that on on a live album. It's uh, they usually dial the bass back in the mix and stuff, but for him, like I don't think they could. No, it, I mean I had a situation where the guy of the PA, the, the front of house mixer, actually had put down the fader on the mixing console, and <laughs> you know, and the bass was still there without even having <laughs> a subwoofers, you know. So. Yeah, that's the thing. Like it sounds like it's got subs on it. I'm, I got a two, a pair of two eight-inch monitors, or no, they're not even eight; they're five-inch monitors. And, and it, I mean, it's like hitting me in the chest. I'm going, where's the sub? Now, what, what kind of rig does he play through? Um, MPEG SVTs, you know, the real, you know. The real and, deal. <laughs> and sometimes he has um, Trace Elliott. Okay. Uh, you know, with, a, I think, a stack of a 115 and 410. I mean, it's, it's loud. Yeah. Just, it's loud. <laughs> and if he's on one side of the stage and I'm on the other side, Stage, it's it's okay, but um, we had a situation where this, the, the the club was a bit small, so the drummer was on one side of the stage, and we both were standing next next to each other, 
no, in those days, I was still playing one greenback, 25 watt Celestian speaker, oh against 1500 watt of his power. That must have had a hell of a PA. <laughs> I think this was one of the nights when I killed one of the greenbacks. So I know, yeah, um, I killed a few speakers, so I know where the limits are. <laughs> Was he pl- um, was he playing so loud? I mean, there's a lot of times like if if, if my cabinet's too close to the bass cabinets, obviously I lose all my low end, and all you hear is a bunch of screaming highs, maybe yeah. a little bit of high mids. Everything else is gone. It, it, it sounds like a buzzing bee. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, the bass takes over every energy be- below uh, whatever five kilohertz or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It, it, and it makes you sound like shit. <laughs> That's the best way to put it. Um, I was thinking about... Uh, so you did that record. That was with the Triamp, or was that with the, the uh, a- a Amp 1? Um, <laughs> this was... Actually, the first the first live album was done with this 100-watt Flexi Marshall. Okay. And this, you can see the Thomas logo. Can you see that now? Yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> nice. And that's a black flag, you know. The, oh the, yeah. Which, it's a 1967. Right. And um, if you look very close on the cover, there is a white plastic box. Okay. And this is the prototype of M1. Okay. Oh, and I split it the cabinet. So uh, on the first one, I actually use uh, use both. And this amp here became the reference for my vintage channel also okay. on, on, on amp one. Um, yeah. And then there's another recording I was doing with the Triumph back then. Uh, you know, um, I recorded with the amp one with the orchestra because this was later. Right. Okay. Uh, uh, which is my DVD. Uh, oh, my God. Maybe look. <laughs> Uh, I can look this up when he shows it to us because I'm going to get this. Yeah, he's got no. He's got some excellent stuff. Even just on, uh, I got some of it off of uh, iTunes Music um, the last couple days, and I, I'd seen videos of him playing on uh, like at Nam and stuff like that. So I knew he was a killer player already. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I have to go upstairs. Uh, no, that's all right. That's all right. We're, we'll put all the uh, the if you want to send us any uh, links for this stuff or um, if you want to send me any information, we'll post it in the show notes so, so that our listeners can find it. Yeah, um, especially the uh, especially the DVD, I want to get that. Yeah. <laughs> the, the easiest way is um, if you go on my website and then go maybe to Amazon. Okay. And but but you can find it on on my website so you know exactly the title and. Uh, there is some pre-listening stuff, so you can get an impression if you like it, or you know. So, yeah. So, so it's, this is this is probably not a question I'm going to get a good answer to. But is there is there new stuff coming from from uh, Blue Guitar? Can we expect new new products? Product always. All right. I'm <laughs> I'm staying tuned, man. I'm uh, like I I'm seriously excited about this stuff. If we didn't have the year of no gear, I'd be saving up right now to get uh, an amp one. Frankly, you do need to save up because here's the things you need. So I, lo- I was doing my amp one thing, right? So here's my next year's cabinet. Um, I'm gonna buy the uh, I'm gonna buy the amp one. I'm gonna buy the controller. So I'm at a grand right now, American. <laughs> you get that I'm nano gonna cam. buy the I'm gonna buy the blue box. Mm-hmm. 
I'm gonna buy the amp, uh, um, right? The nano amp or a nano, the nano cab. and I got to get the looper kit for the remote. Oh well, then you're you're talking three grand now. Yeah, I'm in. I I'm up there right now. So I don't know if that PRS is gonna be next year. I think I, this is gonna be next year because to be honest with you, you know, I've been looking at the Helix, but there's a lot of things, and and no offense to the Helix, you know, but there's a lot of things about the Helix that I'm not, you know, I'm not really falling in love with yet and all this stuff i am because um you know i've heard this thing i've heard uh, you know I, I know the helix has an effect send and return the, but the helix is this cool thing has, but yeah. i'll be honest with you this thing sounds better yeah um i so i i am a big helix <laughs> user and, I, and i'll give you i'll give you my hot take on this the helix has a lot of flexibility if you need kind of quirky amp sounds or very specific high gain tones and things like that um it's right. got the ability to the impulse responses, so it does have that built in. But what it doesn't have is it doesn't have the level of tube feel that you're going to get out of the the blue guitar. If you right. if you're a diehard tube player, and yeah. then that's where you want to go, and maybe get that HX effects or something and throw it in the loop. Exactly. I mean, uh, the, the way I thought of the M1 concept in general is it. It replaced my 13 tube loaded triumph. Okay, so and it is not a step down. No, period. it's not. It's not. This it isn't. It is not. It's maybe even a step up because I evolved in my skills of sound designing. And there are some other YouTube guys. Um, I was doing an AB comparison shootout against other boutique M's. Maybe maybe you can throw that. And one guy is called HP. Oh yeah, Hen- we know who he is. Yep. yep. Yeah. Paul Henning. HP. Henning, yeah, Henning Pauli. And, and he had this his own collection of uh, boutique amps, and he was playing. And uh, I was just, you know, taking the challenge of AB compare, comparing my amp against his, his amps. And, uh, I mean, I was not sure what I was expecting because, you know, he didn't tell me what he's got. Yeah, and, right, right, right. He's got everything. <laughs> he's got basically yes. everything. And I brought... You know, some of my pedals here, uh, you know, just, just in case. Um, just a few of them. Uh, yeah. yeah just something was missing on my amp, and I couldn't get it there. But, hey, in the end, you can see it in the video. I had, I didn't use anything. I just dialed the knobs on the M1, and Henning was like, I don't hear a difference. Or the difference, I'm not it's even sure. It's negligible, yeah. And so, so and, and to me, this is, this is the level... Of, I'm I'm at the level. If if I want to to do a, a like a ninety eight percent version of any all tube amp, I can. I know it. And uh, of course, M one at this point sound like M one does sound because yeah. it is just another like uh, analog tube amp with a character that is defined by the components I'm using. It's you know? it's a product built from good ears, and you have good ears, and so it it reflects how you sonically hear things. Sure, yeah. But of, you have to watch this, too, because I got my ears and I got my taste. And um, the reason for different amp manufacturers is also there are different tastes. Right. And it's good. You know, so, you know, I, I'm not claiming that I get uh, all the sounds, the best, blah, blah, blah. That You know, there's always room for another guitar, for another amp, for another tone. But um, I, what I would claim is I'm on the level. You know, I'm, right. I'm 
I can do A, B against anything, <clears throat> and it's not like uh, I'm going step down. No, I'm on the same level. You can still dis, uh, uh, um, discuss if you like it as much as your beloved whatever I am. Well, you it's you know the guys at Kemper. I mean, like I I, I know because I've seen interviews where you talked about yeah. you know their them and kind of participating in the design of the Kemper and like at least being talked to about what was going on there. I, I know the guys long. Uh, you know they're Germans and. Uh, we actually been around for for decades, and I know him when he was designing synthesizers. I I, I have a, a, a virus here in my shelf, so okay. I'm I'm a Christoph Kemper customer without having the Kemper at, uh, in my house at this point. But I had a Kemper as one of the first guys, even when they had only prototypes. So. So, so the reason uh, I bring this up though is like the Kemper and the the Helix are more like the same thing, where it's it's very specific. <clears throat> amp models and they nail those sounds but you've got something that that does something a little bit different in the sense that it provides similar sounds but they're great and they're very usable and they cover a wide range of of options i mean it's like the difference between using a tech 21 product versus using a line six product yeah and and for for me you know the camera is great he captures the sound, and you have you have this collection of sounds, and in the studio it's easy to re- recall. And um, but the, the major difference to me is the digital products. They kind of model a tube amp at one stage, and right. my amp is a tube amp. And if you change the volume or the touch of the guitar, it doesn't matter if I have more output or more input. It will react just like the tube amp. As a digital product, is either a bit too loud or too low or whatever, but gives you the perfect sound. <clears throat> so th- I think that's a general thing um, different. And I'm not saying my amp is better. It's probably if you are in a classic band situation with a real drum kit and drive a real guitar speaker, you feel the, the, the tube quality in my amp. And this makes you feel home. And that's my story. If you play a camper in ear, I think nothing comes close to that. I mean, I can use my amp and the blue box and get there, but I'm, you know, it's like I have only one, one, one speaker cabinet, and when I want to do another one, I have to, to manually switch it. Right. So, th- th- you know, there is beauty in both technologies, and you know, and the, I just go my way with with, like, my priorities. Right. And, uh, the, the difference to me is emulation versus yeah. the real deal. Okay? Right. Yeah, so you're I mean, not I, trying I to pretend to be something that you're not. It's it's the real right. deal. This is an amp, this and is, it has right. its own this topology. A, right. This is an amp one. It is not a Marshall. It's not a Fender. It's not a... this. It's an amp one. And yeah. this is the... You know, and this is my speaker cab. And whether you go to a different speaker cab or whatever, like you said... That is what you make the choice of. But like us, those of us who do live stuff, that's why I was looking at your um, your blue box, is now I can dial another uh, cabinet. Yeah. 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 So um, it is, you know, I think the whole market is full of uh, products that gives you different solutions. The, the, the major issue here is are you – aware of what your problem really is and how to solve it. You know, I mean, right. I, I, sometimes I'm, I'm watching other players and think, hey, man, you know, I see you suffer. 
Yeah. <laughs> it could be so easy. It could be so easy. You know, some people buy beautiful products, but they are not made for them, you know? And, and uh, so, so for me, I, I always try to help people to make their life easier, hoping that my product is offering something for them. And if it's right. not the right product, I will go to the guy and will say, you know, you better buy a Fender Twin, an old one, black face, because you only need one tone, play your telly, and, you know, <clears throat> go to the gym and build up muscles, because... <laughs> yeah, because you're going to need it for moving that thing in and out. Yep. Here, here's the thing. This is the analogy I like to use. Um, yeah. You... Not everybody can drive a car to work. Some of us need a pickup truck. Right. Some of us need a dump truck. Some of us need a diesel, and some of us need a gas engine. Some right. people can go with a four-cylinder, and some need an eight-cylinder. It yeah. really depends on what you what your outcome is and the tool, because that's what these are. You're you're providing tools, no different than when I go to buy a wrench at, at the um, the store. I need a, I need a wrench that does this job. So, and I think I, that people get lost in that. They forget that they are still tools. They do inspire us, but they're still tools. So if, if your car analogy works, my Helix is a Tesla, and his car is – or his, uh, his uh, Amp 1 is like an Audi S4 or something. Right. <laughs> <It's awesome>. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, and, and the thing is don't buy a Lamborghini if you want to do – if you want to move your house, you know? That's I, right. Because <laughs> <laughs> you can right move your for the right job. So <laughs> you know, there's, there's a great solution to have big fun, but only for the right kind of guy. I mean, you should be, whatever, below 80 years, because after 80s, it's hard to get in there, you know, with your bones cracking. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. What, yeah. what we talk about, and I'll leave, I'll, we're headed towards the end here, so I'll, I'll leave you with this story for me, but... What we talk about um, at my local guitar shop is that uh, a lot of the bit. So anybody who buys a four twelve cab now and buy, is buying a hundred watt head is going to stick it in their basement and they're never going to take it out. And yeah. like these guys know that they're they're bedroom players, but they play in their basement. That's basically what they are. Um, mm-hmm. And so this tool is this is a gigging musician's tool. Like, right. So that's just what it is. Yeah, and it, I had this. I had my my personal situation in. In my mind, and um, you know, I have all the, the other stuff. I have the four by twelves upstairs. I have the big heads here, and I've done it, and I've done it so many times that it was too much. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think at one time we were all young, right? And we we wanted to do what we saw our forefathers, so to speak, do. Yeah. And now. Um, I, I think what we forget is there's a, there we're in a technological um, uh, apex right now because if you'd have told me 20 years ago that you could get 100 watts of tube power out of a pedal-sized box, I'd have laughed in your face and then walked away. But yeah. we're at the point now where we've seen stuff like that happen already. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and and it's 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 that size and it's only two pounds. I mean. If you look at the whole thing, this is the power inlet, that's the speaker output, and this is the guitar input. And, I mean, if you look, if, or if you talk to a, to a guy that designs tube amps, it's like, hey, man, are you watching in and output? It's so critical to get, like, feedback stuff going on. Yeah. It doesn't get any smaller than this, I tell you. I mean, <laughs> I could reduce another 30% maximum, but anything below that is... 
a physical get run out of room for the jacks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's why I done the remote one because the remote one gives you all the other options that I didn't have room for on the amp itself. Well, I mean, I'm yeah. really impressed. Uh, I'm glad you were able to to make it on and talk to us for a bit. Uh, Jim, do you have anything you want to ask? No, I just want to say thanks a lot for spending all my money next year. Um, when when yeah. this year stuff is over, I got to buy all this stuff, and because um, we're going to go to Gear Fest next year, and then I'm going to buy it all. If, if you're at Gear <laughs> Fest, we'll go out. We'll buy you a beer or something. Yeah, I, I, I'm there definitely. I have to. I have to admit, Gear Fest is a very nice uh, event, um, and I'm going to a lot of events on. You know, on. On the planet, you know, I'm going to Music yeah. China. You're probably doing Music Mess and all that. Yeah, so uh, I can compare a bit. And GearFest is something that impressed me because, um, first, it is, you know, it's massive. So, yeah. I mean, I'm, I was simply impressed by <laughs> how massive the whole thing is, how big the store is, how many people attend. Yeah. But on the other hand, Everything is kind of made so easy, which means you go there, you can talk to the people, you can uh, the, the customers come and and uh, they can buy right away. Yeah, they it's turn like, around, they talk to a Sweetwater rep, and he's flagging it and going to pick it up. It's I mean it's yeah. crazy. It's it, I mean it's uh, I'm, you know I'm I'm thinking about how things could be when you design products and events, and it's like they've done something right. Yes, you know? they really have. Um, so, I, that was my first year, and I've already like I'm already looking at Airbnb for next year, uh, yeah. and then talking to people who want to go with us, and so it's like just a big. Uh, Jim's obviously going to be there, but uh, I got the line on food because I, I I'm actually friends with a Sweetwater rep, but my Sweetwater rep there, like he and I are close friends now. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, I I did a podcast with him for Sixty Cycle Hum. Um, I had Ryan Burt come over and try out your stuff as well. From Sixty Cycle Hum, you might want to reach out to him, um, and uh, he's got a much bigger listener base than we do at this point. But but uh, I'm sure he'd love to to work with you and see what he can see what he can do to get you on the show or whatnot. Um, but the yeah. but the main thing is like um, what we know people there now, so I know where all the good restaurants and stuff are. And like I said, I'll take you out, get you a beer, get you some some tacos. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I so I have a friend that lives right there. Oh, hey, you do too. So. Right. Yeah, I'll be I'll be staying at my buddy's house probably, um, but I already made arrangements too because the funny thing is after Gearfest I went to um, the Summernam and uh, at Summernam I met Paula Jo Taylor. Okay. And oh, have you heard about this story? No. That last year I was at Summernam. Okay. And I had exact the same mobile phone which we are using now in my hand, and there was this granny checking the the M1 with with a telecaster playing. Oh, yeah, I saw that video last year. Okay. Yeah, and this was me. I, you know, I saw this oh. granny car, and I, I just filmed it and I put it online, and I forgot to tag that it was blue guitar because I thought you know I just make this as a memory for me being at Nashville. So yeah. I tagged the whole thing, and then by Christmas. I got an email from from Paula saying, uh, "Could you please give me the rights for this video?" And said, "Okay, why? It's not a problem, you know. I mean, you yeah. it, whatever." And then and then uh, uh, she she used this on a television show, and the whole thing yep. kind of went viral. Exploded. 
Yeah, that's very cool. Yeah, and you're not tagged in it. I, I wasn't because I put it up and I just put it like uh, you know name summer name. Yeah. She now mentioned you know filmed by Thomas Blue blah blah blah. But that's yeah. not the big point. Of it. But she's super super nice lady. Yeah. The, the, the funny thing is the first thing is like her her daughter is singing in the band and and she goes to to her to Paula and says, uh, "Mommy." The video that you've uh, that you've seen went viral, and she goes, "Hey, do I need to to see the doctor now?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, and, and then she came, uh, when when I was uh, at someone this year, and and she said, "You know what? Uh, I'm playing on Broadway down down here in, in Nashville. If you want to join in," I said, "Sure." And guess what? I on the way out there. I met a guy um, from Germany that that uh, does the press work for Camper as well, and he's kind of good filming because I was going there to to play there. I thought somebody that should should do do a little video. Anyway, I and and I saw Christoph Camper too and said, "Hey, Christoph, you want to join in playing keyboards?" So yeah. there's <laughs> a video on on my Facebook page with Christoph Camper on keyboards and her uh, Paula Jo, you know. And, and of course, no rehearsals, nothing, just a jam, you know, and, and fun. And she, and she, and this is the story for, uh, that goes back now for Gearfest next year. One of her sons lives in um, Fort Wayne. Okay. And, oh. And he's doing Airbnb. Okay. So I will stay at, at her son's place next year. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, no, we're so, just trying. So we're trying because because the podcast we're it's like a community, and we're trying to get people to come in and like we're gonna go down. I'm gonna go down a day early, at least, uh-huh. and hopefully get to hook up with some of the people that listen to our show and jam a little bit and that kind of thing before we you know before we actually have to go to the event. And then we'll cover the event like we did last year, um, it, walking around, talking to people, getting interviews, handing out business cards, you know, all the good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that video that you were talking about, I remember it from last year because I was looking at it. Was, of course, being in a guitar community, everybody shares these things, and it's like, Granny plays guitar or something like that. And I, so it was, came up in my Facebook feed, and I was like, oh, this is cool. Probably be cute. And she rips it up, and I said, oh, crap, she's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then you just mentioned it, and I was like, oh, yeah, I remember that. So I just linked it over to, to uh, David so he could put it in the show notes. She's a, she's an awesome player. Yeah, awesome I'm, I'm going to check it out, too, because I don't think I've seen this yet. But I think the one I saw on um, uh, YouTube had like 10 million. Yeah, her. so he's got the record. He got the record. That's yeah. awesome. She gave me the record, and I put it in my car. And and this is actually, this is the real deal. You know, for me, being German... I'm not the biggest country connoisseur or whatever. Right, talk, right. But it's hey, it, she talks about her. The next song is a story about uh, a funny guy that I met in Mexico, and he goes, and, yeah. and then he's a. It's the whole nine yards. It's I'm I'm having such fun to listen to that CD, and you know it's so totally different from what I do. I'm I'm just I'm just excited about it. You know, yeah. cool. It's, it's a cultural experience for me. It's funny that you said something about the country music because it's funny that, that the Americans once again stole another uh, musical idea. Notice notice the polka type sure. undertones yeah. in root country fifth, music. Root fifth, that, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But but the but the way she does it is old school and she yeah. told that her dad goes back being a musician like from the 1930s or something. You know, this is like 
family music <laughs> tradition for you know this the daughter now sings in her band you know it's yeah. the whole i mean it doesn't get any more authentic for me no you know? no it, well, it doesn't get any more authentic country, old school country, because um, Johnny Cash's um, wife, June Carter, was yeah. from a country band like that. And most uh, my family was like that. We had a family band. Everybody in the band was related, you know. And it's, for me, it's a beauty to see this, this kind of things, you know, besides all the other stuff that I'm doing uh, or experiencing. You know, this, this gentleman here, unfortunately, he has passed away. Yeah. Johnny. We know him. <laughs> Yeah, I played with him in the uh, wow. uh, Uli. Oh yeah, he, Andy, uh, uses the Andy uses the amp one. Andy uses the amp one. Yeah, he he used the amp one after we played together. He with his big Marshall, and and then uh, you know he, he looked at the whole thing and this is your amp, you know. <laughs> and he had a laugh, you know. First he had a laugh, and then you then, gave him one, and then he was like, "Oh my god." Yeah. <laughs> Just showed it to you, and, and he, you know, a week later, the the phone was ringing and said, "Hello, it's Uli," and uh, I said, mm-hmm, "What's up?" And then um, I, he he told me, "I was thinking about you, and blah blah blah. I need one." And he ended up buying three. I can say other, I'll buy three. <laughs> yeah, he, he ended up buying three, and the other players in his band, he has two other guitar players. Sometimes he they have also to buy. So Uli Roth bought five amps. So. <laughs> I, I just want to say, and and this is this this is something that just occurred to me. So somebody like Uli John Roth, right? Um, he tours the the world. He's got yeah. uh, cartage. He's got he's got places where he stores this equipment, and you know for when he comes to the U.S. or whatever. Um, it, having the amp one, I mean, literally you can get three of them in a suitcase or whatever. You don't need any of that anymore. You don't have to store all your yeah. gear in these big warehouses or anything like that. Yeah, and then you don't. You don't have that big loss you had that they that uh, happened in Nashville, what, 10, 15 years ago, yeah. where all those people lost all those amps and guitars. Yeah. yeah. And, it, it, you know, I have so many guys. I mean, the touring guys, they talk to each other. And it's okay. like um, here in Europe, it is um, we are ahead like a year or two. I mean, the U.S. just, of course, I, I found the company in Germany and people know me over here the U.S. kind of the next step. Um, but here, you, you can see two guys at the airport, and it's like, hey, what app do you have? You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Guys meet at the airport, and, 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 and chances are like that, you know, some of them have M1s, and they meet at the airport. <laughs> yeah, I, I believe it. So, yeah. all right. Well, uh, we're, we're at an hour and 12 minutes now, so... Um, wow. Hey, Jim, if you got anything you want to add, I mean, do it now. Nope. Um, nope. I'll be buying my stuff when the year of uh, no gear is I'm, over. I'm patiently <laughs> considering it. I've got a year to figure it out. But uh, I've already I'm, got the cash set aside, so it's just just a, t- a thing for me to wait until either the year is up or Dave finally caves in and buys something. It's not gonna happen. <laughs> I'm not even looking at stuff, Jim. So anyway, uh, we really appreciate you uh, taking the time out to talk to us. And uh, if they, if you drop any new products in the future and you want to come on the show and promote them or whatever, you can just you know reach out to us and we'll uh, we'll see if we can hook you up. Yeah, super. I'm, I'm, it's my pleasure. And uh, hey, if you have any more you know questions, we we can do this anytime. I mean, you see, nowadays it's so easy. You know. Oh and, yeah. yeah. You know, it's it's uh, wherever I have Wi-Fi, I can talk, and uh, there's lots of things that are exciting to talk about. You know, yeah, I could 
I could show you around here in town, you know, and yeah, it would it would be great to see your upstairs stuff, you know, so, some someday. I, I guess yeah. I, the Wi-Fi booster. That's, that's definitely a, a good good point yeah. because um, also I have um, the, the upstairs room is for my guests, and then sometimes they have to come down for Wi-Fi. Yeah, and then, you know, it, it, this is like my. Musician, I'm a you know musician's home, which yeah. means uh, sometimes when we when we do our gigs, um, people uh, stay at my place too, you know. Right. So, yeah. Next time I have Wi-Fi upstairs, and I sounds <laughs> it sounds awesome. That sounds great. All right, guys. Thank you. Thank you so much. Have I've a good been one. Jim, and I've been David. Yeah. And this is. <laughs> Thanks, Tom. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Yeah.